Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 78 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph Biavenu. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. All right, we're back. Upstairs on the mezzanine. I know see Haley. And we have another episode for you. My God. And uh, it's going to be good. Yeah. But it's not really going to be about anything in particular. Well, it's a little bit about something in particular, I guess. I don't know. So I've been thinking about... It's about things that are maybe not particular. And things that are particular. particular. It's about things that are particular and things that are not particular. So when you first start writing, right, or if you're trying to teach kids to write, maybe that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about the subject. There's always this kind of thing that you have to do, right, because there's this tendency to write abstractly, right? And there's this kind of thing when when you teach people to write to try to get them to write more concretely in some way. Yes. But but then I was thinking about what that means and, and... there's a lot of problems, I think, with the way people talk about it a lot of the time. Uh, but I thought it might be interesting to just kind of explore what is this idea of concrete versus abstract writing? Well, I think it's like describing something that's happening versus, or like describing the describing. Describing the describing. All right, that's not where I thought you were going to go with this. What do you mean by that? Well, like you're telling someone you're doing something rather than describing how you're doing it. Yeah, so that's part of it for sure, right? Um, so did you have this like experience, like when you were? So you did. You did. I wrote shit abstract poetry. No, but I'm saying like you did undergrad creative writing, right? I didn't do that really. I mean, I did it a little, but it was just kind of like on the side. I did a bunch. I did a bunch of those really weird, cool classes that UMass did, where it was like, oh, here's a three credit elective. It's like an experimental class, like. One class I took with Peggy Woods was this really cool class that was like, where do you push poetry into fiction? And where do you take fiction and push poetry into fiction? And where do you push so poetry like, yeah, that fiction cool. into poetry? Yeah. So it was this class that was really about abstraction. You know, it was about sort of concrete versus abstraction. And it was about like where you could take language and where you could take form and how can you abstract so you're fiction? you're trying to abstract or you're trying to... You're trying to make it so that people like don't know if they're in fiction or they're in poetry. Yeah, which is a whole different thing. I know, maybe. it's a whole different thing. But, like, but, but we can but, still talk about that too. But I wonder, like, as, but, as, but as part of that, because I think with fiction you even get that more than in poetry, right? Because you, you've got the whole show-don't-tell thing. Yeah, you're right. Because you can have... Cause like, the thing is, is like... You know, we can we can ask ourselves this like simple question. You know, do we live inside language, or does language live inside us? Right, that's the seminal question we're asking here. Well, and, yeah, maybe, yeah, that's kind of part of it. For and sure. then the other question is: is can you put poetry in fiction, and can you put fiction in poetry? And I think people put poetry in fiction more uh, successfully, more so than people put fiction in poetry. I mean, I'm I'm not so convinced. I mean, this is kind of a sidetrack from the original topic, but that's all right. 
But I'm not so convinced that there's that much of a distinction between those genres. Anymore? I mean, when you're doing it well. I mean, I think some of the fiction I like is better poetry than some of the fucking yeah, poetry agree. that I read in a magazine, right? So, I don't know. <laughs> you're saying there's, that's what I'm saying. So you're saying there's more poetry in fiction these days. Well, but I don't think it has anything to do with the genre. No, I mean, I, w- I don't know if I'd say that in general. There's a lot of shitty fucking fiction, too, that I don't think is, is, is very poetic at all. But I think the good fiction is just as poetic as the good poetry, right? No good poetry? <laughs> it's more poetic than the no good poetry. Now, you know, but yeah. Um, but I think it. I think that also, but that, well, okay, maybe it does relate to the topic because I think part of the thing with a lot of bad fiction and with a lot of bad poetry is it's too worried about trying to mean something. And that's really where it goes wrong. And part of that is about the concrete abstract thing, right? Because maybe it's trying to be concrete in the wrong way. And what do you mean by the wrong way? All right, well, so I think before we can really get to that, let's talk about this. What do you think people mean when they talk about writing should be concrete instead of abstract? That it should evoke an image or that it should or that it should be like a physical description of an actual thing or like bring us into the visual or like the or sensory in some way. Sensory, whether sensory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think you're right. I think that's what people mean when they say that, right? Like, it should be something sensory and specific rather than general, right? Sensory right. and specific rather than general. Which I understand. I mean, I think there's some value to that for sure. So, like, I mean, like we're saying with fiction, like, that's always the big thing when you do a fiction workshop. Like, you need to show the shit, not just tell the reader what's happening, right? And fair enough, in some ways, right? So, I mean, I get, so, and then I was, like, thinking about it, I was like, what's this concept of abstract in that way? Because you think of the word abstract, and it doesn't always mean that in other contexts, the way that it does in writing. Think about a phrase like, I had butterflies in my stomach for a second. And right. Well, that has an image, but it's totally separated from reality, right? Right. So it's concrete and abstract at the same time. Yeah, and that's some of the stuff I wanted to get into because, like, I think part of the problem with that concept, the way that it gets presented, is it's pretty simplistic, right? And it, you really want to think about what abstract means. It's more complicated than that. And, right, like, it doesn't always mean, like, you said this idea of, like, sensory writing, and I think that's what people mean when they talk about it. All the time. But it also has a visual meaning in visual poetry where it's like you take letters and you can move them into ways that are not common usage. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I want to get into that too. But, okay, so let's talk, like, what does the word abstract mean if we're not dealing with writing, right? Um, and it's Latin, of course, right? Abstractus? No. <laughs> From the verb trahere, right, to drag. And ab is just the preposition away, so it's to drag away, right? And I think it really was more like a philosophical term originally, and it's like anything that's like dragged away from... Draw off. Yeah, drawn away from, separated from what is like practical, 
right? I think it was more about like practicality than concreteness originally. But then I think maybe philosophy kind of put it into the sense. And it probably is like platonic related, right? This idea of how far away are you from the ideal? Wow, I wonder if this has anything to do with like draw off? Do they mean, what do they mean? Do they actually mean like um, in a sense of like... uh where, like, someone's dealing with, like, abstract, like, actually illustration. Like, if someone's if someone's writing... Not is, draw in that sense. Draw in the sense of, like, drawn away, like, dragged away is what that verb is, right? Dragged away. Yeah. And I think, you know, so now I think when you look at it, the meaning is... Yeah, you've got that double meaning because you also have something, like, abstracted in the sense of... It's abstract and it's too intellectual. It's not practical, right? Isn't that another way that we use that in everyday language? Well, it's a theoretical consideration. Yeah, like it's not a practical thing. Like, okay, you know, if someone's, you know, you're trying to do something, like move a piece of furniture and someone's sitting there working out the math of the damn thing, right? Like... <laughs> it could be referred to as a piece of art as well, an abstract yeah, well, I do want to talk about that. I mean, because that's interesting in thinking about it with writing, I think. But um, The summary of a book is the abstract. Right? Isn't there a sense we teach it in English 102? Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's kind of part of what it's become, right? This idea of dealing with the idea of the thing rather than the particulars of it, rather than the particulars of the events, right? So, yeah, a summary could be a kind of abstract because... You're generalizing it, right? You're generalizing just the big outline of things and not paying attention to the particulars, right? And in in that sense, maybe it's similar to what we're talking about in writing in some ways. But let's talk about, like, the other thing you brought up, which I think is important, right? But is that what you think of when you think of abstract art? So this is the abstract. This is, I have an abstract. Okay. Like an abstract of an article? It's, it's the, uh, it's my abstract. Let's see if it's in here. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying at this point. It's your abstract. That was, my abstract was this abstract, 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 abstract. All the way down, down, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be up to 150 words inclusive. And that statement is 150 words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's like a... Yeah, that's that other term, right? That's a funny thing, but like that's like... Yeah, when you're talking about summarizing an article, right? Yes. You have to do that when you publish, publish something, right? You have to have that... An abstract. You have to go down. through and you have to like write up a bunch of like, you know, your 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 uh your research. And I wonder I guess that is from the same root. It must have gotten there by a slightly different way, that word, but Ab uh tractus? Trahere? Draw off. Yeah, traho trahere is to drag and then a ob is away, right? Um to drag away, away. Yeah, but then, okay. 
So, so it's funny. So writing, like we said, when people talk about, they're talking about sensory description. And the thing is, that is important, I think. And, and it's something that people who are not practiced in writing don't understand, right? Because we don't do that in speech for the most part. Our speech, we talk about things in a more abstract in that sense way, in a less concrete way. Because why? Because you're usually talking about things that everyone can see while you're talking about them, right? So it kind of makes sense. Why? Why? You don't have to be that descriptive of things where writing's a little bit of a different situation. But then if you think about abstract art, like you said, I almost think it's a wholly different concept of abstract, right? Well, let's talk about the context in which language breaks free from its sort of like linear bounds. Yeah, no, I want to talk about yeah, abstract. Yeah, I want to do that, but I want to do that. But like, don't we need to talk about abstract art first? First, what does that mean? What do you think that means when you talk about abstract art? It's I think not it's, about it, I think it's non-representation. It, it's yeah. where it's where the edge. It's the it's the cliff. It's the cliff and the chasm where ends the representational, and there is a footbridge that takes you over to the non-representational. And there are some pieces of art in the history of time, as far as we know, as far as we've dated back, that are actually early, very abstract pieces Absolutely. of art. Why? I think there was because they're put on yeah. pottery and clay, and they're made into earthenware, and they're done on cage on on the size of caves, and they're they're made into sort of like effigies. And we can look back at the beginning of time and and the beginning of what we know as a work of art, the earliest work of art in the history of mankind, and it actually is an abstraction. It's an abstract piece of art. Absolutely, right? Yeah, but that's that's the important part, right? Like in art, we talk about it as being non-representational, but that's usually not how people use it when they're talking about writing. No, it's not, because people, because that's like a whole, I was going to say, there is a box within the world of abstraction where like, you're drawing an E and you, you write the E in a certain way and then you write an E like cursive or you write it like this or that. You draw an E or you write an E and you're, are you drawing an E now? Or are you writing an E now? And you're writing language and then you're drawing language and then there's like this space where you're like, you're, you're writing, but then you are, then you start to draw, you know? And when you're drawing, it starts to look well, like Well, you're writing. getting into mediums at that point, right? And like, that's about part of what it's about with, like in art, it's not about the medium. It's about what you're doing with the medium, right? Like when we talk about abstract, we mean it's non-representational, like you're saying. But either way, you're using a physical medium. Where in writing, you're assuming usually that people are using a non-physical medium. <laughs> but it's about how concrete you are with that non-physical medium, right? True. So it's, it's conceptual in writing usually rather than physical. Although you can talk about it like you're saying. We could talk about concrete versus abstract in the physicality of writing. Like, are you typing on a computer? Are you typing on a typewriter? Are you writing with a pen? Yeah. Are you making a sculpture of the fucking letters? <laughs> you know? Like, we could talk about it with that. And I think sometimes it gets talked about that way, but it's weird because that's not normally what we mean when we talk about abstract versus concrete with writing, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about, it's, again, it's, that, it's that, divide, that division. It's as you approach, you know, like there's all different levels of abstraction, you know? 
there's like there's levels there's different levels of abstraction and there's there's different levels of of abstraction in different languages i would argue that different poetries are at are in the business of abstraction as i would say as i think someone like maybe beckett would think or say and think of the fact that like you know they're uh you know in the front in the resistance and they're like writing codes and like that's part of their poetry and their practice because these guys were like completely engulfed in all these different various languages yeah and then and then and then it, it's i think it's like a fine line i think it's like an interesting thing as a poet when you begin and where you know where the poetry of code begins too and the the the, the beginning of code as poetry and and writing in that sort of realm too and i think that you know it, it really it, it's i guess it's i guess it's where are you oriented on your sort of spherical gyroscope of creativity is your spherical gyroscope or, or maybe you have multiple spheres of influence in your creativity creative hopefully gyro hopefully creative. so yeah so like i'm like got my hands going in this like little circles right now like not like too much like a raver but like there's this like a little bit though a little bit like a river <laughs> and then there's like a spherical so there's like a spherical gyroscopes that you have and you get your like center of influence and then your outer core and then your 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 all the inner cores and this like the, the glow around it and all that and all that how it works when it's spinning at different rates and different speeds and you're like depending on where your access is located and where your where your where your creativity is located on that spherical gyroscope of the plane of abstraction for you abstraction might be a different level or a different type of abstraction coming through whatever form you choose for it or you choose for it to or, exp or how it expresses yeah but yeah but I, in the yeah, world I in the world a, you know a sphere is a good way to think about it but that's part of the problem right i think when people talk about abstraction and writing they're thinking of it as this linear thing but there's actually multiple vectors of what abstraction is when you're thinking about writing where i don't think that's the case as much in art right i think in art Abstraction mostly is representational versus non-representational, right? Like when you think of abstract art, it's like we're not representing ac objects in the actual world. We're trying to create new objects almost. New objects that are more truly representative of emotions than actual objects are or something, right? You're using the associations of shape and color and depth rather than just copying actual existing objects in the world, right? You're like combining those associations, right? Which is also something you can do in writing, but you also, but all writing is non representational in some level, right? Right. I mean, you can certainly talk about writing that's more on the level of being realist and trying to represent represent something but there's more vectors in writing it's not just representational versus non-representational there's all these other levels of abstraction how physical is it versus how non-physical all painting is physical you can't have non-physical painting it's well plastic maybe you can now with now computers, you can have with, with computers but in the past you never could right like in the past you couldn't it was always physical even if you made it a less messy operation, it was still physical no matter what you did, right? But there's no way to have 
I mean, there is a way to have physical writing, but there's you writing always has some element of non-physicality to it, no matter what you do, right? It's always somewhat conceptual, no matter what. Writing? Yeah. I don't know about that. Even if you're doing, even if you're doing literal concrete poetry, even if you're making sculptural poetry, there's still there's no way to do it without some conceptual level of it, right? You can't, or otherwise it becomes not sculptural poetry anymore. It just becomes sculpture, right? Yeah. Because just the orthographic system of language is automatically conceptual, right? Yep. Which is something different from what's going on in other kinds of visual art, I suppose. You know, like, there's no... Well, you're using a set of... You're using a set, a system. You're working within the system. Yeah. And then you can break free from that system, you know? Well, you can, but yeah, but you're still, like, it's always got to be somewhat, on some level, even the most extreme level of writing still has some conceptual element to it no matter what you do. Sure. Right? Slice and dice, trim and cut. So, but I was th- so I was like, all right, let me look up. What, what, if, what if, if I look up abstract poetry, what do I find? And, you know, who coined the term abstract poetry, supposedly? Who? It was early 1900s British poet. Her name is Dame Edith Sitwell. Um, <laughs> but in 1918, she came out with this book called Facade. And she was trying to explore the relation between poetry and music. And she had this kind of protege of hers who was a musician arrange all this stuff to music. But she was trying to write poetry that didn't have any meaning that it was just about the sound of the words. And she called it abstract poetry. Okay. <laughs> but I, it's interesting, right? I mean, that's, so it was, that's another kind of abstraction, right? Is it separating the sound from... Do you have some of her poems? I have one of her poems, yeah. Can you read green. it? Yeah. Um, so... I don't know that they're the best poems, but they're interesting. And thinking about it in the time period, they seem certainly better than her other poetry that was more traditional. All right. This is one of the ones from Facade. (laughs) When Sir Beezlebub. Sir Beezlebub called for his syllabub in the hotel in hell where Proserpine first fell, blue as the gendarmerie were the waves of the sea, rocking and shocking the barmaid. Nobody comes to give him his rum, but the rim of the sky hippopotamus glum enhances the chances to bless with a benison. Alfred Lord Tennyson crossing the bar laid with cold vegetation from pale deputations of temperance workers all signed in memoriam, hoping with glory to trip up the laureate's feet, moving in classical meters like baklava, the lava came down from the roof, and the sea's blue wooden gendarmery took them in charge while Beezlebub roared for his rum. None of them could come. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. I mean, I'm sure it... Uh, well, and apparently people were... 
there was a pretty intense reaction to it at the time. A lot of people were like, what is this fucking nonsense, right? Um, <laughs> and I don't know. And But a lot of people say it's better if you, like, the, with, the, with the musical arrangements. And it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, for sure. Um, like, Dark Side is better when you put it to Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but it was certainly a bold thing to do at the time, I guess. But then... But it's weird, though, but it's not abstract in the sense that people normally talk of writing as being abstract, because it's all visual images, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess it's abstract in the sense that there's it's non-representational on some level, because it's hard to make much meaning out of it in a if you're trying to have like a narrative or a sense to the thing. Yeah. Right? Um... So then it makes me think, is Dadaist writing abstract? I don't think of it as being abstract, but in that sense, maybe it is? I think it's abstraction. It's like representational abstraction. Because it's representing poetry. But I mean, like the things in Dadaist poetry tend to be very concrete, right? They do tend to like, be pretty in the concrete. sense of like a specific but they're ab- sensory thing, but they're taken out of their context. So maybe in that sense, they're abstract. I always think that that's like the the uh, the appeal of Dada poetry is that it 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 it, it somehow arrives in some kind of universally interpreted abstraction because everybody can read concrete uh, Dada's poetry and 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 uh, get different shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get another beer. Why don't you find a Dada palm to read us? Assessment. Voltaic arc of these two nerves that don't touch near the heart. We note the black shivers under a lens. Is this feeling the white sprouting and methodological love splits my body into rays? Toothpaste, pastry, transatlantic tickets. The crowds crash the column crouched in the wind. Range of rockets on my head. The bloody revenge of the liberated two-step. Directory of determinations at prefix. Folly at 2.30 a.m. or five and a half francs. Cocaine slowly gnaws the walls for its pleasure. Satanic horoscope dilates under your vigor. Virgil's vigilance verifies the viral wind. <laughs> Boy, droop once more. Tristan Zara. Yeah, so, like, I mean, that's a good one. I like that one. But the weird thing is, like, in the traditional sense of concrete versus abstract, that's pretty concrete. It's almost like he's using physical things to talk about abstract concepts, right? Yeah. Cocaine gnaws the walls, or whatever it said. Right, like, that describes the kind of feeling of coke, right? Yeah. Without... But it does it by using a physical thing rather than trying to like talk about it in an abstract sense. Yeah. Or what was the thing about the rays, the body and the rays? That was nice. I like that. I part. have another big long Zara one if you want me to read. Yeah, we can one. do another one. Yeah, let's hear another one. Nerves zigzag and cosmic. Mo- heart- Sorry, let me start again. Marcel Janko. Nerves zigzag and cosmic harmonica. Draw, draw the line through foliage and pauses. In a black light, the egg hot and sick. 
happy stretches out the fence for him. And art is stable, sensitivity, serious accounts of time, leaves, and points, seriosity of unchanging necessities in the arranged fantasy. Great ruler, keenly ruled, he made surface sculptures until him we made body superimpositions and employed the wire like drawing in space for the first time. The superior part of construction three gives possibility to the master to show his life. Wire trembles, sensitive moon, sun blue, hippocampus, and the bottom of the sea. He makes reliefs to be constructed entirely in the wall, architectural productive protestation against the frame and the Baroque, pursuing the tradition of pure art after five centuries of syrupy dreaming, direct reality, specialization without exterior of compromising influences, vertical joy I name, nativity, and view of the object itself in the soul of the blood, sorrowful souvenir of iron, of sickness, of the rock, of the cloth, of the rain, of violins, of soldiers, of furniture, of fire, that pushed through past centuries, rusty, religious, bitter, clear order in the complex, rich whole, without information, without decomposition, direct, clear, orderly reality, tableau with the elements, color in the form, line, point, surface, necessity, in its order, struggle against the permanent, skeleton, tree, matchsticks, scrape, humanity, share in large group, grand plans, where, there, where the sensors and the smoke are the paintbrushes and the crystal dissolves in movement. <laughs> yeah, so there's some abstract stuff in there, but there's more concrete stuff in a way. There's a whole list of just concrete things, right? Yeah. Totally. And then it's almost like this... Like, and I don't know, I mean, I think Dadaists and Surrealists often play with that idea of taking abstract concepts and making them more concrete, right? Like, in there, like, syrupy dreaming, right? Like, it's almost, I think, like, the tendency from a Dadaist or a Surrealist to be like, dreaming is too abstract, let me make it syrupy, so we can feel, we have something to grab onto there, right? You know, but then in another sense, it's abstract because I don't know. I mean, it's a bit. Always a little bit nebulous in what the meaning is, which is maybe, you know, more realistic in some ways. But it but it's maybe counter to the tradition of what writing was? I mean, didn't it start? I mean, isn't it like an abstract... I mean... Thought. Writing's like... In the in some sense, it does maybe get back to that art construct, but writing was originally representational, right? It Definitely. Was, it was used for, like, record-keeping, essentially, right? Yep. So that's weird. Like, it started out... Where has it become... Writing started out concrete in all the senses you can think about. Like, if I think of, like, Phoenicians or something. Like, they're literally pressing into the clay, but they're mostly using it for, like, record-keeping of business, of, like, products, right? Yeah. So in that sense, it's almost fully concrete, both in the physical sense and 
what it's being used for. Like it's not. What's the name of the? What was the name of the instrument that they used in the in the Roman society with the wax on the? Yeah. Um, There's a word for it, right? There is a couple of different words for it, but I mean, they, a lot of times you just see like cari tabulae, right? Like wax tablets, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was similar. Is that like the is that like the um, MacBook Pro of the ancient world? Well, in a way, because I mean, that was the cool thing about the wax tablets, right? You could erase it. Yeah. You just heated it up, and then you smooth the wax back out again. It was yeah. temporary, right? Yeah. Um, and it was cheap. Right. Just wax on a piece of wood, right? You didn't have wax to wax on a piece of wood. That's <laughs> nice. That's uh. You didn't have to. Vellum was expensive, and papyrus was expensive, right? So what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you've got both of those senses, right? But I think that's something that gets lost when we talk about, and I don't. And you can have things that are super physical, like I think of like. You were talking about like the language things, and I know we've talked about like Kenneth Cook's Sun Out before, but that's another one of those things. He wrote that when he was in another country and feeling very estranged from yep. the English language. It's full of concrete things, but none of it adds up to anything, right? But then you get someone like Wallace Stevens, whose poetry is a lot of times fairly abstract, but the meaning is very clear in some ways like how you try to reach for meaning in unmean in not in non-meaning like when you have like a happenstance of language that a happenstance of language that like ends up being more accurate in its meaning than the way that most people would explain it well, yeah, that's certainly one aspect of that for sure. But right, like if you think of things, but that's what poetry is always re constantly reaching for. Now, well, I mean, and maybe sometimes, not, maybe it's like I think there's a lot of different ways that poetry operates. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of good poetry does operate like that. You're right. Um, or like Emily Dickinson. Oh, I think I got one. Let's see. Please. Please. Emily Dickinson. Okay. Here's one of her really, like, more... Some of hers are not abstract, right? Their language, the way writing is normally talked about, but some really are. Forever is composed of nows. Tis not a different time except for infiniteness in latitude of home from this experienced here Remove the dates to these. Let months dissolve in further months and years exhale in years without debate or pause or celebrated days. No difference our years would be from Anno Domini's. I don't know. That... The, years of, the years of the Lord? Yeah. I don't know other than exhale that there's a single word that you would get a, a sensory image from in that entire poem. Can you take some of this recording and make it weird abstraction of our voices into some very I think you're doing it already. <laughs> but why, like, why am I thinking about this and why does it bother me? Because I think the way that people get well, taught, taught writing, this is a real problem, right? Because the way people are taught writing 
in writing classes, I think abstraction isn't treated with this level of clarity. And it's kind of, there's almost this sense that you need to like iron out any abstract moments in a poem, which would be a mistake. It would be. Well, it depends what you're going for. But it would always be a mistake if you're doing that like blanketly without consideration, right? Mm-hmm. And then also it like, it leaves behind that whole thing. Like, you know, we're looking at Dada and it's interesting. Like people don't even talk about that with Dada, but that's the other interesting innovation of Dada is doing the newspaper cutouts and using the typography of the paper, right? It was like, it's returning the physicality to writing again. Well, you know, I mean, there's like uh, people write on their phones, people read from their phones, you know, and I think like there's something interesting about, you know, the abstract, the way that we're, when words are written in cursive, they're more abstract or something, they're like connected, you know, and it like makes a shape and a form that actually looks like something sometimes like the word D-O-G looks like a dog. Well, yeah, and we look, but like, and you look at like like we talk like the Dotrema things and things that are like exploiting that. CAT looks like a cat. Or like yeah, well, but like what we think of like the Dotrema poems and things that are exploiting yes. that of using the script to look like yes. But yeah. So you know, there's like there's all different. I think it's like how you choose again to like land your sphere in that world of of, of abstraction. Are you trying to use language abstractly? Are you trying to use language and create like abstract thought or are you trying to, you know, take words and break them down to their real basic pieces and break them up and reshape them into different curves and straight pieces and flat pieces and But the combination of those different things too, right? Like cuz you could have physically abstract visual poetry that content-wise is concrete or you could have abstract in both directions or you could have abstract in sense yeah but concrete in form like there's so many combinations man you're making me you're making me want to get real creative tonight (laughs) i don't know it's just something but it's like something that i don't know like i don't hear people talking about that and it's like when we talk about abstraction we're talking about multiple things there's a lot of different things going on right yeah Um, which is cool but like you know It'd be good if people talked about that. Like, talked about why, like, abstraction is not one thing. It's multiple things. And, like, I don't know. And then there was that whole, like, movement. Like, if you think of, like, modern poetry since the 50s, a lot of it has been trying to imitate abstract art in some, visual art in some way. But it's such a different, and then a lot of visual poetry, too, but, like, it's such a different thing. Ladies and gentlemen... I'd like to introduce our show tonight, which is going to be about modern poetry since the 50s, <laughs> part one of nine. That'd be, that'd be a very long show. One day we'll get, uh, don't even, I was like, one day we'll get Ken Burns to do a documentary on poetry since the 50s. Although that it made me think of sidetrack, but have you tried watching that weird PBS poetry thing that they've been doing? It's fucking terrible, man. No, I haven't. Right, but that's a sidetrack. <laughs> but, no, but, like, right? Isn't that been a big movement of, like, 
there was this kind of feeling, I think a true feeling that like writing was experimentally behind in some way and it needed to catch up to visual art and like let's imitate but it did though. It did. Oh, well, I think it, it did. It is now. It is now. I think there's like I think it did in a lot of ways, but but it wasn't there like this conscious attempt to do that? Yeah. But then it kind of shaped the way writing went, but in some ways in a misguided way because well, it went toward I mean, I see the best writing, the best writing in my opinion is is in music. Some of it in cinematography. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there's certainly good in writing cinematography in cinematography and television. Certain, well, I don't know about writing in cinematography i mean maybe sometimes but but i mean but but what i'm saying is like people tried to imitate visual art but that's a weird model if you're trying to think about abstraction right how do you make abstract writing in the same way as abstract visual art that's almost impossible i think maybe some visual poets have sort of gotten close to that but that's almost to the point where you're obscuring the fact that you even have letters anymore Right, if you're really gonna go in a similar direction to that, I've done some of that work. Yeah, I've I've like when I caught up, you know those uh, those letters and the felt letters and made these like new symbols that were like kind of. Yeah, I think that's kind of in that. Although I don't know, but then that's almost a different thing too because that also is almost like creating a. You're not erasing the symbology of the letters. You're creating. A fictional letter system, almost. Fictional letter system. Yep, exactly. This is the sound of... But, but, or the sound of... But isn't that very different from what abstract art does? Because abstract art is almost... Trying to erase symbology... Rather than create a new one. And I don't know. I mean, I mean and maybe not. Maybe some people look at that in a different way. Maybe it's just a more soft sort of symbology but it's an interesting thing to think about and i don't know that it gets talked about that often and then you think about and i don't know and then it's like i don't know it almost makes me i often have thought about that like i don't know how you would do it but what if you wrote straight poetry like poetry that didn't do anything interesting visually but you tried to make it only words that are non-concrete could you do good poetry that way? And I suspect you can. You know, I suspect there's a way to do that. Non-concrete. Like only words that are abstract in the sense of concepts and not something physical. Okay. There probably is a way to, to create interesting poetry that way. I've never seen anyone do it, but there maybe there is, right? That'd be kind of a fun experiment, too, which is a whole nother... There's all these different ways... Can we try to come up with something? I mean, yeah, I don't know what it would be, though. Like, But you can make cool sounds with words that are only abstract, but you have to like restrict yourself. I think if you wanted to do that, what I would probably do is try to compile just like a huge list of words that are totally non-sensory. And maybe just cut them all up and put them in an envelope. And scatter them around and play with them, right? That might be a fun way to do that if you were going to try to do that. I don't know. But I think my my point is that it's like a complicated thing, really. Which is not bad. It's good, right? Like, that's good that it's complicated. It opens up, like, I think we're both, like, right now thinking, like, oh, there's all kinds of interesting projects you could do to play with the fact of these concepts. 
some of which people have done before in various ways, some of which people haven't. Non-sensory. Yeah, like non-sensory words, like concepts, like anger. That's not sensory, right? The words you're not, yeah. But like if you just compiled a huge list Ideas. of Ideas. Yeah, if you just compiled a huge list of those words and put them together in a way that was not worrying about sense, just about sound, but they would all be non-sensory words. There'd be nothing you could get an image out of. That'd be kind of interesting, right? I feel like people do that, no? I think people do that and try to make sense out of it, but I've never seen someone try to do it and not make sense out of it. it like, like it could be like pleasure knowledge. Yeah. I think it'd be more fun if you mixed common ones with non-common ones. But yeah, can't you imagine like a poem where all it is is like just arranging those words uh, in a way that sounds interesting but doesn't... Something like... Something like... Something like uh, call them hate. Yeah, but I mean, I like the simple words, but I think it'd be cool if you like put non-simple concepts in there with them too. Like mix them up. Like, well, as I'm saying, like, torsion. Like, I guess sort of that is a physical thing, but I don't see an image when I think of, like, torsion. <laughs> right? Or, like, yeah, you could put, like, legal terms and technical terms in there, too, that don't have, they're not physically descriptive, right? Like or what? Like, like, limerence. Or, like... You know what I'm saying? Like things that have interesting sounds. And you could mix the simple ones in there with it, like Yeah. Sibilance truth. Yeah. It would be interesting, right? I think you could do something kinda cool with that. Yeah. Wow. Well that you'd have to never work seen at it. Anyone... Really work at it. Well you would, but I've never seen anyone do that. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, and listeners, if you know of a poet who's done that already, please point us their way. I think that'd be really interesting. But, like, that's a fairly, even if someone has done it, it's fairly unexplored. Not many people have done it, even if someone has done it, right? Um, That's a fairly unexplored area of poetry, I think. Right? Yeah, I think there's, but I think there's some way, wow. That's, like, some interesting intentional mashups. Yeah. But but it would be, uh, it's also, like, how does that affect you when you read it? Because it's almost, I mean, you may still get some associational images, but it would be purely associational. There's nothing literally sensory about any of it, right? That would be interesting. So like what, how do you, how does your brain interpret that? How does your brain react to that? Do you still get images from that or do you not? Is it some, like, main line to your emotions skipping the sensory part altogether, which would be interesting if it was? Ooh. But I bet it could be used to affect. Yeah. But then are, are you only reacting to the sounds at that point, which is also interesting? Are you acting to the associations of the sounds rather than to the concepts or to the, I mean, or to the visual or tactile sense of the thing? I don't know. I guess it depends on, you know, what what the intention is, if you're going to work through that sort of intention. That's interesting to to write specific poetry that's appealing to a particular sense. 
or not appealing to not, any or senses. Not appealing Particularly to... not appealing to any senses would be kind of the idea, I think. Completely abstracting. I don't know. But I think, you know, I think it's interesting to think about. I think what I would like people to take away is that the concept of abstraction versus concrete is a little more complicated than we tend to think about, right? And maybe you could use that to your advantage and do something cool with that, right? Which one you got there? Uh, you've got Kumunyaka. Yusef Kumunyaka. I think I threw that in there more of as an example of concrete. But... Yep, that is. But there's some stuff in there like, look, I was thinking of three poems. That's very philosophical, although there's concrete stuff in it. The weird thing is, I think some of the poetry that I think is more philosophical still has a lot of concrete stuff in it. There's that Will Alexander book down there. Towards the primeval lightning field, which is super philosophical and does get very abstract, but also has a lot of concrete stuff in it at the same time, you know? The new spirit. Here's some Ashbury. The problem becomes more definite. Hold on. <laughs> the problem becomes more definite. Is that what it says? The problem becomes more definite. Smiling as though for the photographer pleased to be here since it was promised you and has now made up for the lag in getting around to you. You overlap once again with the one that thought you sent you speeding like an arrow into the pleasant desert where everything happens agreeably at a sign from you in which you still solitary despite the, the magnanimous currents in the air around you like a humming of wings safe out in the open and ready to start again but there's also that idea which we didn't talk about too of like syntax Gives meaning to things without the meaning of the words themselves, too. Right? Yeah. Like Jabberwocky, right? Twas brillig in the slithy toe. You know, like... <laughs> none of those are words, but the syntax still gives meaning to it, right? Spinning through the hizzy soos in the meandering bush goosh. All right, Herbie. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Think about abstraction versus concreteness and what that really means. Because I think, like like we're saying, I think there's multiple vectors on which that works. So, think about that and maybe, you know, maybe that could be, like, a fun place to experiment and find some new poetry to go with from. Do we have anything we need to plug this week? We do. We have a couple things coming up. Are you hearing this? And you're in New Orleans. There will be several events happening here at OC Haley, 1612 OC Haley. There will be a studio sneak peek preview party on Thursday the 11th from around 7 until 10 p.m. We will have uh, entertainments and there will be some presentations. There will be some technology presentations that are uh, going to go down that night, and it's going to be uh, maybe four to five presentations and maybe a performance or two. And um, that'll happen, yeah, that'll, on the 11th. And on the 20th to the 21st, we're going to have an event over here 
for my birthday and Julia Savin's birthday. And we're having a party over here, sort of have a grand opening for the spot. And, you know, we're going to get the place as best we can, tip top, and have and host a, an open house. We might be able to stand in here by then. I think you'll be able to stand in here. <laughs> and then also we should probably say Megan's Space is opening. Megan's Space soon. Dragonfly is um, opening up. They've already I had events don't there. don't remember, but, I think there's, an but event. there's a date for the... Uh, grand opening? The grand opening, although it's after other events have already happened, but okay. I can't remember when it is. Okay. And next, there's a reading coming up this coming Wednesday, too. Uh, you mean tonight? There is a there is a reading tonight, but I'm saying this is going to be on Saturday when this comes out, and there's going to be another reading between then and and when we yeah. next have an episode. Yeah. And in fact, one of the readers, Brendan Lorber, should be our guest next week for episode week. seventy what seventy nine seventy nine okay seventy nine we're getting there right um so yeah go check out the new the new dragonfly poetry space as well there's all kinds of fun poetry stuff happening oh there's also all right so man it's like it's a poetry explosion in New Orleans right now so you've got Mega's new place you've got your new space we talked about the reading series that. Raina and I have starting up at Noka in November. David and Caroline have a new reading street on Oak Street on Wednesdays that's starting out at a coffee shop that I can't remember as well next month. Wow. So there's all kinds of new poetry stuff happening in town if you're in New Orleans. So you have no excuse. Everyone in the city should attend at least one poetry event per month because there's no really reason not to. There's plenty of opportunities. Please attend one poetry event per month. Please attend one poetry <laughs> event per month. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. We'll see y'all again next time. At No Good Poetry. <laughs>